Hello, I'm Carlos Corral. And I'm Kristen Corral, and we are two of the co-founders of Tacotarian. Hey everyone, this is Yassine, co-owner of Berries Downtown Prime. Hey, I'm Elizabeth Faulkner, and you're listening to Two Sharp Chefs. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. We are talking about ice cream, chocolate, candy. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Is Halloween canceled Ooh, this year? Rito. Um... I mean, it kind of doesn't matter to us because we're not really trick-or-treating age anymore. I mean, I think you could dress up in your home. Why not? Yeah, but I want to Cosplay. Know. I want in to the hand bedroom. out candy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's no. Okay, so today <laughs> we're talking about chocolate tacos on the show with our friend Zenon from Happy Ending Chocolate. And he got famous from these chocolate oh. tacos Look this at one's a green tea raspberry for pandemic provisions today we are talking about our favorite halloween candy even though we've grown out of trick-or-treating mine is the reese's peanut butter cup invented by the man harry reese who actually used to work for the hershey company wanted to start his own business he actually created it in his basement so hey entrepreneurs out there doesn't take much Reese's is a huge company and it started in his basement fun fact about Reese's each cup actually has five grams of protein in it which is the same as a handful of almonds so if you feel guilty about it don't because you're getting protein break me off a piece of that kit in that bar anyway it was named after the Kit Kat Club in London and it was around for like the longest ever time the actual first Kit Kat was actually a meat pie. Ew. And, and did you know that the Kit Kat is actually a product of the Hershey's and Nestle company? God, they own everything. So Hershey's, I think, distributes it in the U.S. or makes and distributes it in the U.S. and then Nestle for, like, other parts of the world. So <laughs> good collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, and love it, love it, love it. Because in Japan and in Asia, they've got all these other flavored Kit Kats like green tea. Yes! I've never had them, but I've seen them. My super favorite is the Wasabi Kit Kat. <gasps> yep. And you should Ooh. try it. Get it for me. Okay. I want it. I want yeah. it. If I find some, I, I will. I totally will. I would like probably ditch my uh, my clothes and my luggage and just like Please. fill it up with like Wasabi Kit Kat. I bet you International Marketplace has some like different kinds of Kit Kats there because they have Maybe they carry international candy there. But they've got like some really great flavors like, mm. I don't know, um, like Mandarin orange, like Mandarin orange and, and just strawberry. So it's not just like the Kit Kat that you know would like milk chocolate. Yeah. Well, speaking of flavors and bespoke flavors, last time we talked about bespoke flavors was with Val from uh, Paradise City Creamery. Her ice cream is definitely bespoke flavors. Yeah. Um, these are bespoke flavors. Green tea, raspberry, and all kinds of insaneness, coolness. We are talking with Zed and Malari right now. All right, everybody. Today, we are talking with a man who loves happy endings. 
and we're trying not to be too dirty there. Actually, I am trying to be not dirty. Not that kind. I am being dirty, Louie. But um, you can't be too dirty with chocolate. <laughs> we're talking about happy ending chocolate. We have Zen and Malari with us, the owner of Happy Ending Chocolate, and he's also doing some fabulous ice cream tacos that you can get around town at the farmers markets. Um, used to be at the festivals, and we actually had festivals. Hi, Zen, how are you? Good. How are you guys? We're really good. Well, like us, you love chocolate. The difference is you're like completely obsessed with it. And that's okay. So so how did that happen? So for me, it happened when uh, prior to making chocolate and entering the food industry, um, I was uh, a boxer and I was uh, going out for the Olympic trials uh, back in 2004. Greece, Greece didn't make it. And, uh, so I was like, you know, I got to start paying my bills. And I, uh, got into the food business by, uh, I opened BLT burger at the Mirage. And uh, while I was there, I was, I was a bartender there. And, and during our opening training, uh, we trained with, uh, the food, food, uh, food and beverage uh, the beverage side, we started training with Fred Dexheimer, which at the time he was the youngest master sommelier, uh, in the world. And he, I asked him, you know what, you know, I was kind of curious about what, what it was like to get into wine, to reach that level, being a master song. Uh, and he told me, you know, you have to be, it has to be your life. You have to be obsessed. Um, and at the time I didn't think anything of it, you know, and, uh, I watched an episode of uh, Beat Bobby Flay, <laughs> and it was the chocolate episode on the Food Network. And I tried to temper chocolate, and it didn't work out too well. And I got obsessed with it, started trying it, reading books, uh, watching YouTube videos, uh, anything I'd get my hands on. And then I, I. I referenced back to that, that conversation that I had with Fred Dex and I understood what he was talking about obsession. Um, and I just kept going with it and, uh, got my hands on every book I could find every YouTube video I could find, uh, called around, you know, and, uh, I got obsessed with making chocolate and here I am. I get a lot of inspiration driving around town. Oh, okay. So, I could see that about you. Yeah. That's where I come up with my ideas, being stuck in traffic. Huh. Yeah, yeah, let's really... talk a little bit more about that because you seem like the type in talking to you that you have a major like art, artistic side. And how is it that you stay creative? So you drive around, you see things. I've actually looked at your Instagram, of course. I spied okay. on it like I always do with people. And, you know, I noticed that you were kind of taking pictures of the murals around downtown, like uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Is that... It, is art a major thing for you when it comes to making chocolate? Art is a major thing for me. Uh, I, I grew up obsessed with uh, or passionate about making comics or reading comics. And I thought like as a kid, as a child, uh, that I was going to make comics, <laughs> comic books uh, as a kid, uh, either as a writer or an artist. Uh, my uncle was a comic book artist. And, you know, he taught me all the basics about anatomy and layouts of, you know, comic book panels and things like that. Um, and then I got obsessed with, with, with writing. Um, I was a business major at UNLV, but 
but I took all of the non-major, like all my electives were like screenwriting and storytelling <laughs> and all that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm obsessed with, you know, creating characters, uh, creating flavors that, that tell a story, things like that. Yeah. So that's the major thing, Louie, about this Instagram account is that he does yeah. these amazing pairings. We've been looking at them, Zenon. Oh. And you pair a comic book with an alcoholic or adult beverage. Yeah. And your taco, which we haven't talked about yet, the ice cream tacos. But how do you come up with these pairings? Like, is it, does it have to do with, I noticed some color coordination there. There's some color coordination. But was there also like, you know, what you're listening to, you know, while you're making the chocolate or, you know, the comic book that you're reading at the time? Like, how does that work with the three things that you put together? Uh, for me, it's, it's all just kind of winging it. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of the times I will, I will make a flavor based on something that I have drank. Uh, if I like a wine or if I like a beer, um, and then I think of something to pair with it, especially if it's something unique, like some kind of weird Belgian sour with raspberries or whatever. Uh, then I'm like, I have to make something to go with this. Yeah. Then I make yeah. the product, whether it's an ice cream taco or chocolate bonbon or a chocolate bar. Uh, and then I'll just snap something, you know, as long as, you know, the cover art goes, goes good with the pictures. Uh, yeah. Then I go with it's, it. You know. It's another genre of storytelling. He's like crossing really over is. like his art influences with his own experiences and his food. Yes. And also you notice we talked about a master psalm. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about pairings. So this all kind of goes together, you know, like art and ice cream and chocolate and pairing it all together, just like a chocolate small yay. Kind of. <laughs> right. Chocolate Psalm. It's a new thing now. We're going to call it Chocolate Psalm. Uh, so let's talk about those tacos, because I know that it kind of started because of life is beautiful. It did. And, um, you know, Louie, you haven't gotten a chance to try them yet. They're like a Choco Taco, but just like take it to a whole nother level. Just like the, some of the pairings. I mean, a recent one was uh, cookie butter, ice cream, and a swirl of bourbon caramel. Mm. So when we talk about we like, that. you know, liquor combinations. But um, how did this ice cream taco thing happen? How'd that come about? Uh, that started, well, like I said, we've been doing chocolate since uh, 2007. Happy Ending Chocolate started in 2007. Um, and one of our biggest, our biggest client, uh, our biggest wholesale customer is a mothership coffee. And they opened up their, I believe their third location, uh, during life is beautiful at the Ferguson's in, in downtown, um, which was a crazy ordeal just to open something the weekend of life. Yeah. Is and they asked me to uh, set up a table outside and sell chocolate. Um, and I just didn't think it was the best idea just because the weather and the crowd and, you know, they're partying and doing whatever they're doing. And I didn't <laughs> think they would just be into chocolate. So I, I said, give me some time. Let me come up with something else. And, um, just the nostalgia of, you know, a chocolate taco. Um, and I was like, you know, I think people will be into this. And that's the first, you know, ice cream taco flavor that I made. It mimicked, um, a Choco Taco. The original, yeah. Right, you know, because, you know, when the ice cream man rolls by, you get money from your mom or dad, and you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, let me get a couple bucks, because I'm going to get a Choco Taco for later, 
and yeah. then I'm going to get something for now. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, I, I made that flavor and I just kept going with it and made a couple of other flavors. We had like five flavors for, for life is beautiful. And then that was it. And I, I, I put away the freezer, uh, didn't touch it. And I just went on with making chocolate. And then my DMS blew up and everyone was like, Hey, when are you going to make ice cream tacos again? Where are you going to be? And I was like, well, I guess we should take the freezer out of the storage unit and just keep going with it. You know? Yeah. And that's so an idea that works when they actually come to you. You chose to do a taco instead of like a sandwich. So what do you love about like a taco? Because they're like an everyday thing. So the yeah. convenience of it and it's completely covered. So um, that's another thing I thought about with the festival goers. Um, it's completely covered. So uh, it kind of people are able to take it out of the packaging and they don't have to worry about it spilling all over the place. Uh, very smart it's folded and then coated right dude what an invention i want to talk a little bit about you were saying about being an athlete and almost making it to the olympics um so you grew up super serious about it uh you were almost in the olympics for it so i don't know i mean i kind of have like an athletic philosophy because i was a competitive gymnast for many years yeah and i find that it kind of makes me a super ambitious person in general (laughs) How does it relate to what you do now? Like, does it make you a super ambitious business owner? Does it motivate you like perfection, you know, that kind of thing, like training? I yeah. feel like some of that stuff can really help you in your business. Yeah, I think everything. I, I, always, I always recall it back to uh, my days of training. Um, so everything I do, especially failure, um, <laughs> I'm sh- like, you know, it's, it's, it's all about showing up right? Yeah. So if you have like a a day of sparring and it wasn't your day, you know, I think nine out of 10 people, they don't show up to the gym the next day, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's all about kind of like showing up. Uh, and that's kind of, that's kind of like hanging out around the guys in the gym, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't your day. And then if you don't show up the next day, you're going to get heat for it. Right. Right. So it's all about kind of showing up. So it's like, you know, I have a, uh, I have a bad day of sales. I, I didn't temper my chocolate properly. I didn't meet an order and didn't meet a deadline. Um, you know, most people would pack it up, but you got to show up, you know, you got to be present and, uh, yeah, it's just, and then it's not that just discipline. That. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, I think you could relate to this. It's, it's, it's about like surrounding yourself with people that understand your obsession. Hey man, high five, Lorraine. Come on. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's about people who understand your obsession because uh, I think I was telling you this earlier, Lorraine, like uh, the death of Kobe, right? That kind of affected me a lot because it was that whole like Mamba mentality of being obsessed with things, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was a Kobe hater. And, wow. But his death, like it really affected me because he was the one that kind of showed everybody it's okay to be obsessed with something. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you have to surround yourself with people who are like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're losing it, uh, because you didn't, you know, you're a perfectionist, uh, as a gymnast, like you didn't land, you didn't land that, that flip or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And you're just beating yourself up about it. Um, you have to surround yourself with people that, that get you. 
So what kind of tips can you give people, you know, that, you know, just like not the people that want to start a business, but just people Uh that want to be better at chocolate at home that want to be better at tempering? Like, what are some mistakes that you see all the time? And like, what are things that could really help them? Uh, Mostly just don't take shortcuts um, and really take the time to understand the science. So uh, we're talking about like, uh, if you're used to just being a home chef and cooking at home and you kind of mess up on like some kind of entree that you're making for the family, you just kind of cover it with a sauce, right? (laughs) Or something like that. Or, you know, if you're rich, put truffles on it. (laughs) Caviar. um, Right, exactly. Uh, But as a pastry chef, uh, I think it's important to like follow all the steps as far as like when you're going to add the fat, when you're going to add the sugar, um, and pay attention to, to the science behind it and the temperatures. Um, yeah. So like if the recipe calls for adding the butter, when the ganache is at 90 degrees, like don't mess with that, you know, like do it at that time. Uh, and just pay attention to the science and, uh, everything will, for the most part be, be better. Yeah. Okay. Quick question. What's the, uh, the easiest type of chocolate to work with for beginners? Uh, dark chocolate. So we're, we're, we're talking about couverture, right? So if you're, if you're making chocolate that, uh, that you're going to make like bonbons and and truffles with, uh, you're going to be working with something called couverture, which is chocolate that has extra cocoa butter in it, uh, so that it's easier to, to work with and play with. That's, that's what couverture is. Um, and then, you know, try to stay around like 60, 65%, uh, cocoa content. And make sure that the temperature of the room that you're working in is 68 to 70 degrees. It makes a huge right. difference. You cold. You really close, cold. <laughs> close all your windows. Don't <laughs> let any sunlight in. Um, yeah. We got to yeah. ask you, what's been your favorite pairing of all time so far? Because you've been doing this for a few years now. So what's your craziest, like, uh, you feel like, dang, I nailed that. The first time that I, I put like Speckloose and Biscoff cookies oh, into an ice cream. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then I made, you know, just flat out cookie butter ice cream tacos. Mm-hmm. And I paired that up with just straight bourbon. Uh, I got a special edition bourbon over at Corey's, Corey's mm-hmm. Fine Wine. Uh, yeah. Best bottle shop in town. Uh, yeah, they, they got barrel, great stuff. Yeah. They had a barrel select uh, Blanton's bourbon that went just so great with the, with the ice cream. Um, and it was not even intentional. I was just, just wanted to enjoy the, the bourbon with some ice cream that I made and it worked out. Magic. Let's move on to show and tell. So Zenon, what are you showing the class today? Um, I decided to show the class, uh, this night. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Tell us about it. It Artistic and multifunctional, huh? There you go. It is a Damascus knife and it is uh, hand forged. And uh, the reason why I showed this is because I just kind of wanted to show that uh, relationships really can be established on Instagram. So uh, (laughs) there's a friend of mine that, you know, when I first started um, Happy Endings Instagram account, because I actually had happy ending like during MySpace. Oh, <laughs> old school. school. Yeah, right? I had a top five and everything. The kids but were like, what's first... MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when I first, when I first started, uh, you know, happy ending on, uh, on Instagram, 
uh, I started following uh, a knife maker, uh, Marco Maumasi. So, uh, and he had like 11 followers and so did I. And uh, he blew up and he actually won the first season of Forged in Fire. Wow. Um, and so this is a knife that he made for me. Beautiful. And because Tell us more. Because of the Coco comic craft thing that I do with the comic books and the beer and everything, he put in a little bottle opener for me. Oh, wow. So awesome. Beauty. And um, the, he names all of his, um, his patterns Agents. of his Damascus. Mm-hmm. And this one is a Loki pattern. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, okay, so there you books. go, Mr. Comic Book. Yeah, and um, I, it's just kind of a reminder of... Uh, you know, like taking your time to make things with your hand and take, taking your time. Cause I understand now have like having to make, you know, thousands of ice cream tacos or chocolates during the holiday season for uh, corporate orders and things like that. You're just, or even as, as a fast paced uh, food server or bartender, right. You're just go, go, go. You're making the same thing over and over and over again. I look at this sometimes and I'm like, well, one day I'm just going to sit down and just work on like a couple of things here and there. Yeah. You know, so do you use it or do you just look at it? Both. I do use it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what do you do use it for? I, uh, I open bottles with it. <laughs> oh, okay. Not <laughs> with on the a little bottle yeah. opener here. Yeah. Um, and I use it as a paring knife. Okay. Huh. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Can anybody yeah, else touch so. it or of is course. it like hands off to your wife and stuff? Nah, no, no. <laughs> Cause I'm so, like that uh, with my knives. <laughs> are you really? Oh Yeah. <laughs> What do you got? What do you got? Uh, my favorite is a Miyabi that I have with like Ooh, a nice. bamboo uh, handle. Yeah, and yeah. my husband, Mitch, cannot touch that. Like no? he is not even allowed to look at it or breathe on it or anything. It's it's in a box, in a drawer, and I use it, but I'm the only one that's allowed to use it. <laughs> All right. It's everyone's favorite time. On the fly, 60 seconds, rapid fire questions. This time with Zenon Lalari of Happy Ending Chocolate. Zenon, are you ready? Born ready. All right. All right. Timer going. Tell me when, Lou. Go. Your all-time go-to ice cream flavor. Cookie butter. (laughs) Favorite comic book character. Wolverine. Dream place to travel and eat. Japan. Childhood food craving. Oh, man. Butterfingers. Most inspiring chocolate-making music. Prince. Ooh, good one. Favorite adult beverage? Uh, bourbon. What haven't you done that you really want to do still? Uh, farming in the Philippines. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Really good Specific. one. <laughs> right? What did you want to be in kindergarten? Uh, comic book artist. Wow. See? Did I get them all? This is what it. happens like when you get a competitor. <laughs> On 60 seconds rapid fire. I, know, right? I mean, he literally made it down to the one second mark. He was like, knock out. Oh. <laughs> right? I watched Family Feud. All right, Zenon. Yeah. One more thing to do. Sell it for happy ending chocolate. What do you want people to know? What's the word on the street? That kind of thing. We do next day delivery seven days a week. We uh, check out our site, happyendingchocolate.com. We also support other local small businesses. Uh, I'm all about that. I'm all about support local. Some people talk about it. Some people be about it. But I love to support other local businesses. Uh, so check us out, happyendingchocolate.com. 
Check us out around different farmers markets. Uh, see us on Instagram at Happy Ending Chocolate, and you will see where we're going to be popping up around town. Sometimes we pop up at bars, sometimes we pop up at coffee shops, and sometimes we pop up at farmers markets. So come check us out. Come say hi. Um, seriously, try it. The mm-hmm. pistachio ice cream taco is my favorite so far, Zenin. Um, I am a sucker for pistachio in general, but it's delicious. The shell is absolutely perfect. The frosting on top, the ganache is like insanely good. Um, it's a nice, like thick, big bite of taco. So it's not just like a little baby, like street taco ice cream. It's like it's the full sized, <laughs> beautiful taco. And of course That's he also nice. does chocolate. Cause that was the beginning of all this. All right, let's give this show a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zanin. Thanks, dude. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs, that's with a number two, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.